Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Here we go again. People are mad that the Heat are having success, and so the old, tired fan base tropes are coming out. Cyrus Wittig hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 1063. <laughs> hey, where have I gone? Where have I heard this before? The Heat are doing well. They're kicking ass, and so we're just going to target the fan base. Huh. It's like every second of the Big Three era. Weird. It's like I'm reliving history. Unbelievable. The Heat once again in the second half, dominant. James Harden disappeared. Plans being made early for Tootsies. James Harden gone. Sixers down two games to none. Let's go. Ken Levick alive on a Thursday here on ESPN 106.3 on the free ESPN app and on your smart speaker because it's Thursday. The matriarch of this program, the show mother, Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, with the best damn teeth on television, (laughs) the best damn local TV personality you're going to find, and she joins us each Thursday. I am, I am ready to go today because today I get to take on fan bases and I love these types of shows. I feel like Ooh. I age five years whenever you introduce me. The show mom, the matriarch. I'm like, good God, how old am I? It's all out of respect. It is all out of respect. You I are mean, I hear you. You are young, but because of your career and your travels, you have seen things, you have done things, you have met people, you have been all over. You're a wise sage and for that I'm not trying to age you. So I'm old. Just, yeah, you no, know, no, no, you're you've you've lived. Sure. Is that what we want to say? You know, I, I tell you what, I remember when I was younger and thinking how old 40 was and now I'm there and past uh-huh. it. And I don't feel, quote unquote, feel old like I like when my mom was my age, she had a kid about to get out of college. And I think I was 15. My sister was 11. My kids are four and six. So I don't feel mature i should say that but then i hear a conversation like i did in target the other day where a lady came up and asked this young man she said can i get a money order in here he goes what's that i said oh god uh-huh see but this transitions well into what i want to do later in the show that's how good keely is she already knows what's upcoming and is trying to uh to tease us into it as they say in the business (laughs) but but i need i need I need to address something before we uh, we get to any of that. By the way, That's happy it. belated birthday to Victor Oladipo, who will be the basis oh. of that conversation. Turned thirty yesterday. All right. Uh, and he and he and he kicked some ass uh, to celebrate his birthday. Uh, Cyrus Wittig, by the way, running things until two o'clock. Stone Labanowitz is at the uh, Formula One practice today at Hard Rock Stadium. We'll check in with him for our F one report. A man who knows nothing about Formula One. That'll come up <laughs> in our number two. But Cyrus Wittig, I need you to play the song. I need you to give me some peppers because again, again, for a second straight game, the nation is is a titter with 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 excitement with, oh, maybe James Harden. This will be the day. This will be the day that James Harden can lead the Sixers to victory. Maybe Maxi can go on a run. Maybe, just maybe, the Sixers can drag themselves to a win and overcome odds without the immortal Joel Embiid. That said, it didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. It did not. Because, again, in the second half, the Heat were significantly better. Mm-hmm. Significantly better Max Strews, once again, going on a run by himself. The Heat taking down the Sixers convincingly again to go up two games to none. And it's just more of the same. And you know what happens, Keely, when uh, you you have a team that has a, a player injured and the fan base starts to get cranky like they are in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and we're getting suddenly the what if? What if Joel Embiid? What if Embiid? What if Joel Embiid? What if? What if? What if? What if? What mm-hmm. if? And it's almost as if Kyle Lowry doesn't exist. The championship winning 
former all-star point guard that the Heat have that also, like Joel Embiid, hasn't played a second of this series. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but it's almost like like building a team matters. I don't know. It's almost like building it a does. complete roster matters or whatever. I don't know. I'm just an idiot who talks on the radio. But what I do know is that the Heat depth outscoring the Sixers bench 52-17, to 17, uh, that's pretty significant in the grand scheme of things. And that has nothing to do with Joel Embiid not playing. I agree. But I think... I- Here's the thing that 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 gets me with you sometimes. One, one you are. Mm-hmm. Did you have some Celsius? Uh no, coffee. We're growing black coffee today. My goodness. Yeah. You yeah, are you coffee. are super amped, and it's only twelve oh five. By the way, Cyrus, real quick, make sure that's in program. Make sure that 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 music's in program there. Yeah, crank that up. Crank that up. There it is. There. There's the peppers. Crank that. Oh, the pepper. I thought you said pebbles. <laughs> oh, not, not that loud. But just keep it under us a little bit. There we go. There I thought it you is. said pebbles like Mercedes boy pebbles. I was like, what? What she got to do with this? <laughs> why would? Why? What? What is Ken doing? I don't know. Well, I listen. I asked myself that question multiple times throughout our two hours here. But so I, what do I do, Kelly? What you do take I do? this so personal. Okay. All right. You that's take fine. it so personal, and I try to look at it. You know, the big picture. I try to look at it in the macro sense, uh-huh. not the micro sense. And the thing is. The casual fan, even if you're watching an ESPN or even listening to us, if you're listening to us, you're more than a casual fan. But generally, if you're the casual fan, you think about the big names and the stars and the things like that. And so, listen, I hear you. I hear you. That should matter. But the reality is to the everyday fan, you look even if you don't know anything about where James Harden's played, the 5011 teams he's been on, mm-hmm. you know what you know about him? He's got a beard and he dated a Kardashian. And he loves the strip club. I mean, uh, again, I, you I, know, I, I feel good for him. He's been able to get to Tootsie's early in games one and two. That's good. <laughs> He's been able to check out early, been able to get his boys together, get the bottle service, and get to Tootsie's, and life is good for him. I feel good for him. He's living his best life right now. That's is that good. a place in Miami? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's his place. Now the King of Diamonds is- doesn't exist. Tootsie's is... Oh, uh, it doesn't? Okay, because oh, no, I was been, like... Yeah, oh, they, 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 where uh, did KOD go? They've been done for uh, several years now, actually. Really? Yeah. You it, see, I'm late. It was, I believe, it was a, uh, a lease issue. That's what brought King of Diamonds down was a lease. Wow. I know. I know. A true tragedy, if you ask me. And <laughs> so what's happening now is the Sixers are on hard times, Bubba. This is, this is a problem. And what's yes. happening, the same thing that happens every time a South Florida team starts to roll and starts to beat up on a traditional Northeast fan base. Mm-hmm. You start to take shots at the empty seats because there's nothing else. The Sixers can't hinge any sort of, of uh, comeback, clapback at the Heat or Heat fans. The only thing they can do, because Jimmy Butler, whooping their ass. Yeah. Victor Oladipo, whooping their ass. Bam Adebayo, whooping their ass. Tyler Hero, whooping their ass. I mean, go down the line, the bench, whooping their bench's ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. nothing basketball-wise you can hinge it on. Right. So it's midway through the first quarter, the tweets. From reputable people, by the way, like Kate Scott, who is the TV voice, the 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 groundbreaking TV voice of the Philadelphia 76ers on uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Because shots, that person's not impartial. Taking shots at, oh, uh, plenty of seats in the house. It is so immature and it's so typical. It's so typical and I love it. And I eat it up. I live for this because there's nothing else. The Sixers are getting destroyed. So, of course, you just got to go after the people stuck in traffic on 95. I feel it's like glorious. I, I feel like I need to hear that audio about the plenty of empty seats in the house. because it, she, No, no, no. She didn't say it. She tweeted it. She tweeted it. I can show you the tweet. So, and so you read into the tweet. It would yeah, have been. Yeah, yeah. There, and, it, and it probably, it might have meant that. No, but it definitely but meant but that. But that's the thing, Ken. That is a thing. Okay. Were people stuck on 95? They might have been. I don't know. I know I was yesterday, and I'm up here in Palm Beach County. But what's funny is that they're going to sit there and say that that uh, the 76ers fan base is better because they get in the seats by the time tip-off happens. Okay, great. Uh, congratulations. Outstanding. Good good work. Now, me personally, I'm going to make sure that I leave early enough because those are expensive seats. I want to get there. But it doesn't make you any less of a fan base because you don't get there on time. I live in a Cuban family. I understand more than anybody that Cuban, Cuban time is a real thing. 
Cuban what time is, is a very real thing that you're 15 to 20 minutes late for everything. Sometimes 30 to 45 minutes for everything. You're late, 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 late. I, I mean, we legitimately at baby showers and birthday parties, we want to start it at one o'clock or noon. What do we put on the invitation? 1115, 1215, because my wife's Cuban family isn't going to show up until 45 minutes to an hour after the invitation says. I promise you that is a real thing and it afflicts South Florida sports and it doesn't make this fan base or this group of people down here that are passionate about South Florida sports any less of a fan. It's tired, it's disgusting, and honestly, it's going to be a Hilarious when that's all 76ers fans have to hang on Heat fans when they're having a parade down Biscayne Boulevard. There's so Believe many. That. Oh my God, there's so many things you said that Believe I want to unpack. That. So many. Uh, first off, I, I want to know if if other people of color besides now Cubans and black people are also late. Is this, or, So maybe white people got it wrong. Maybe well, y'all, no. maybe being on time, y'all being got it wrong. Being on time is pretentious. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah. No, what no, it no, is. no. I don't, I don't support the endeavor of being on time okay. for anything. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. I don't, it's not like I'm saying I'm better than anybody. I, oh no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you said there's a thing as Cuban people time. This is my first time hearing about uh-huh. it, but I'm not in a. Cuban is there family black people like late time? I don't know. There is. Okay. Uh huh. Yep. But 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 that's fine. Everybody has their thing. You know, like white people are uptight and anxiety ridden like me. And so we show up on time because we don't <laughs> want to get yelled at. We don't want to get yelled at for being late to something. Now, is this all white people or is this like the vast majority? Vast majority. I mean, because white, that's yeah. a lot. Is this like Russian white people? Is this like no, it's, uh, Irish white no, people? No, I honestly think is it's this English white people. No, it's a primarily is this Anglo-Saxon Jewish white thing. people. Yeah, it's, it's just a primarily an Anglo thing. Okay, like we so just, it's very just, waspy. Yeah, yeah, very waspy. Absolutely. Okay, waspy Puritan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I sure. got you. I was just trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's probably rooted in Christianity or something. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, but, uh, but no, that's a real thing, though, Ken. I mean, as far as a fan base being in the seats and things like that. Here's the thing. I think it's lazy. It might be a lazy narrative. Mm-hmm. I hear you. That's that's separate and apart from what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There, I think that's that's what happens in like California. Mm-hmm. California and and Miami are the big places where that happens. Mm-hmm. It's just too much other stuff going on to sure. do, and it's that, impossible to get through South Florida. Like seriously, New Yorkers go home. <laughs> well, they're about like, there's, to because it's, it's getting you. hot. It is getting hot. It is getting hot, and it's getting really expensive. But no, seriously, it's overcrowded down here. Mm-hmm. You, you it's why I keep telling people about the Bright Line, because why wouldn't you take the train instead of the gridlock that happens every single damn day? Going to Miami, if you're going to come from Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast and go to the Heat game, you are a blithering fool if you go in your car. Well, but here's see, this is where some Northeasterners could, could call us and let us know. It's it's plenty of people up there too. Okay, but they also have uh, public transportation uh-huh. that is suitable for 2022. Whereas South Florida, uh, lacking a bit. Decades of incompetence in Miami-Dade government have made Miami completely incapable to travel around. I lived in Miami-Dade County for uh-huh. an awful long time, and mm-hmm. I can tell you the Palmetto, the Dolphin, 95. Those are the worst stretches of road in America. I grew up in Chicago, where the Kennedy, not great. The Eisenhower, not great. The Stevenson, not great. Nothing. Nothing compared to this nonsense where any time of day you're getting stuck in traffic bumper to bumper because there is not a viable train system that goes mm-hmm. east-west. There's no such thing as an L. Oh, but they have the people mover, the people pusher. Good. It's the size of a shoebox. Excellent. <laughs> and you have to wait 25 minutes for it. Miami-Dade sucks for transportation, and uh, it's just easy to bag on heat fans and bag on and South And that's Florida why fans. the people are late. Mm-hmm. Yes, primarily. Oh, or that's is. why the people primarily are in, in the seats. Yes, okay. vastly overcrowded region now that has never ever decided that it wants to address its overpopulation problem over the last ten years, and there's no good public transportation options unless you take the bright line. But unfortunately, there's nothing now still east-west when there's plenty of people that live west of 95, west of the Turnpike, and but towards people, the Everglades. but people have been saying this about Miami's the sports scene for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it, it continues to be a problem, and people continue to just rely on a lazy narrative. L- listen listen to Mad Dog, Chris Russo, okay. who was on First Take yesterday. Listen to this. He has to hearken all the way back to 2013 in the Big Three era to make his point about Heat fans and why it's not a good home court advantage. That is the worst home court advantage in the NBA for other reasons why... Which one? Miami. Oh. For other reasons why Steve just said. They were rats off a ship, those fans. Game six, NBA final, Spurs heat. 
They had 3,000 fans trying to bail out of that place before the three by Ray Allen. Old news. Great fans. And then they got, they, they let him out of the building. Mm -hmm. And then they were banging on the door in overtime. Let me back in. No, 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 no. They couldn't when get you, back in. Yeah. They, they, get when back you in. get, when you, when you're a rat off the ship yeah. and it's the game six of the final and you leave because you're frustrated, you're not a great fandom. Yeah. So the idea that Milwaukee... Sometimes not, it's traffic, but yeah. Oh, uh, come well, on. Sometimes I, it's I, the I NBA really, final! Okay, okay, I'm just saying. telling you, sometimes I leave games early because I don't like traffic. But That yeah. was a disgrace, what they did. So the idea that this Miami fan base who knows nothing about... It was a, been a horrendous yeah. Miami, NBA town. That's a terrible sports town. The idea that somehow Milwaukee or Boston is going to be intimidated by playing in South Beach against the Heat mm -hmm. is absolutely absurd. I live for it. I live for it because when your team is rolling down here in South Florida, the only thing that anyone else across the country, and especially in the Northeast, they all mm -hmm. come here. They all come here and want a vacation here and live here. Mm -hmm. And then they want to crap on all the teams uh, as they make plans to move down here. It's truly an unbelievable phenomenon that happens with these people. And that having to go back to... 2013 and harken back to that to make a judgment on Heat fans. Keely, I have a question for you. I uh, think that was a good point. Okay, well, here's, <laughs> here's another good point. Incoming, good point. Incoming here, Keely. Who had the best uh, home record in the Eastern Conference this year and the fourth best home record in the NBA? Just take a wild, mm, wild, wild guess. Your Miami Heat. <laughs> uh, correct. The Miami Heat. The best record in the Eastern Conference. Um, um, but it's a, it's a bad home court advantage. That's weird. You know what's, you know what's uh, a bad home court advantage? Uh, what makes opposing teams feel badly is when they're down 16 with five minutes left to go and Peppas is playing. Do and you, everybody's celebrating another Heat win. By the way, haven't lost at home in this postseason. Do you make room for the fact, though, that there's some legitimacy to what he's saying? I'm not, no, because no, it's lazy. It's tired. It's lazy. That's not. The that, have the, that is different. Heat, that's different. The Heat last night took over the fourth longest sellout streak in the NBA in the history of the league. That is different than what I'm saying to you. That's right. This song, when this plays, it's a home court advantage as the Heat are rolling. <laughs> To another playoff win. I listen. I hear what you're saying, and I can't talk over this music because I have. <laughs> Neither, and the opponents can't play over I this music. I can't talk over this music. Listen, what I'm saying to you is what you're saying is apart from the fact that the fans need to do a better job of being there and being there for the duration. Okay. I'll, I'll, that's all I'm, that's well, all I'm the saying. The duration's not the problem. It's the getting there on time that's the problem. Now, the duration. All, all, all of that. It gives me a chance to tell you about Brightline. Take Brightline. Take Brightline. It, it, it's it, it's beautiful. It is fast. It is easy. And the buzzer beater train, you can go after final tip and walk easily to Miami Central Station, get on the train, and come back to Fort Lauderdale and West Palm. There. There's your solution. But to knock fans for not getting there on time, fine. But that's what desperation does. That that causes fan bases to take target at a team that they have no other ammunition for. And I think it's hilarious. I also think it's sad. I think it's pathetic. I think it's really, really lame. And I understand it's part of being a South Florida sports fan, but mm -hmm. I understand mm -hmm. it as much as anyone. I grew up in Chicago as a White Sox fan, okay? For my entire rooting life, the Chicago Tribune owned the Cubs. The biggest, the most widely circulated newspaper in the Midwest, which is a vast portion of this country, mm -hmm. owned the Cubs. You think there was some propaganda there? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. There was a little bit of discrepancy right. in coverage right. difference. And White Sox fans, notoriously, if the team sucked, they're not doling out cash to go and watch that team mm -hmm. because they're not mindless sheeple like Cubs fans are. Ooh, the Ivy. Ooh, we're in Iowa. Let's get on a bus. Ooh, let's see a 98-loss team. Ooh, the stadium's so old. Here's my money. Take it, take it. I want a cubby blue hat. Time it's out, pathetic. Time it's out, disgusting. Boy. Time out. You, you, down here, you pay money for something that's deserving for it. You tripping. Now you tripping. I'm just being, I'm just being accurate. Because if you're a fan, you're a fan. And I mm -hmm. hear you. There is save your money if it sucks. Uh, th then you then what you can't do is be upset what the with what these people are saying these about people, people jumping off a ship. Uh, but who, that is what they're saying. Okay. They're sa because they, they were thought, frustrated because their team was about to lose a championship. Right. Yeah. And so I'd you're leave. so you're saying no. You should be a fan and be there and mm -hmm. all of this stuff if, if you're good. Yeah. 
But then you're saying, but if you're bad, jump off the ship. Then you're a fair weather fan. No, what the hell jump, are you talking it's about? It's not jumping off the ship. What I'll still talking? tune in. I'll still tune in. I'm not paying money for an expensive ass ticket if my team sucks. You know it can't get off my phone. If my, I don't even know what you're talking about. If my team you sucks, don't know what you're talking if about. If my team sucks, I'm not showing up. I'll watch it, but I, 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 on television. But I'm not showing then up. You're not a real fan. You're not a true fan. Oh, that's lame. Listen, really? why you, would you support something you would, in person if you hate it? Because, <laughs> because here's the thing. I'm the type of person. I'm not gonna go just in general. Unless I'm getting free tickets, but that's just me. But that's your life. If you're, but if you're a fan, if you're like a season ticket holder, you you you're decided. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and support. But you got people that say I'm with this team mm-hmm. through thick and thin. There are fan bases that obviously there are teams that would not exist if they didn't have a fan base. The Jets come to mind. Mm-hmm. But people still rock with that team. Now, yeah. obviously, when they're really, really, really bad, yeah. their ticket sales may go down. But obviously, people still yes, rock with that team. People still rock with the Knicks. But you're saying, no, when they're terrible, I'm not going at all. Well, I just laugh at Knicks fans who continue to pour money into that nonsense, into that dumpster fire. But That's pathetic. But why? If they're a fan, see, so see, what, here's what you can't do. What huh? you can't say to me, mm-hmm. at least, maybe you can go to somebody dumb. But what you can't say to me mm-hmm. is you should support this team and you're and you're pick, poking at fans when you're poking at fans because you're like, well, this this team isn't as good, so no, you shouldn't go support them. them. But my team is good. I just so you have, should support my team. I if just you're have, a fan, you're a fan. I have period. Sec- End of story. I, but but also, I'm good enough where I'm not going to make fun of a fan base for showing up late or trying poking them. You just I have nothing made else. fun of the Cubs fans. Well, Cubs fans because they get mind, off my line. They mindlessly threw money uh, at a product that was terrible. My and line. again. Again, uh, you're, I want 76ers fans to understand something. Kate Scott, the TV voice of the 76ers, NBC Sports Philadelphia, the admin of that Twitter account, and all the other Sixers accounts that I saw last night making fun of the late arriving crowd, which has happened, by the way, since the inception of the franchise, okay? Um, uh, you, you realize that you are trying to make a point against the team that has the fifth largest sellout streak in NBA history. Not this decade, not this year, but in the history of the NBA. Okay, I'm just saying it is the fifth largest sellout streak in the history of the NBA, which leads me to this question, because the oh, there's empty seats five minutes into the game and FTX Arena is so tired. It's so worn out. So let me ask this question. What is the most obnoxious characterization of the South Florida sports fan? What is the most obnoxious characterization of the South Florida sports fan? It could be for the heat. Could be for the Dolphins, could be for the Canes, the Panthers, Marlins, FAU, anything. What's the most obnoxious characterization of the South Florida sports fan? Because honestly, it's almost laughable at this point. It's absurd at this point. Oh, the fans aren't good enough. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll see you in the finals. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. What's the most obnoxious characterization of the South Florida sports fan? Because honestly, Keely, like... For me, I'm not going to let someone, and I love Chris Russo. I love Chris Russo. Mad Dog is awesome. I love him on first take. But someone who has spent his professional career covering the Knicks, okay, especially the Knicks of the last 20 to 25 years, that guy talking about a fan base, talking about a fan base not being good, a sports town not being good when his team right now, what do you think uh, Julius Randle's doing? What do you think R.J. Barrett's doing? Hit, uh, they're probably haven't woken up yet. How the team is is different than the fans. What's better? His point is, a, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. The question I ask you is what is his point? His point is about the fans, and you just said it. You can't tell me, mm-hmm. you can't laud the fans when your team sucks. Those are two separate things. Mm-hmm. They are, and yeah. you're making them the same thing. Um, uh, what is, the, what is the, the, the better look? Okay. Before we take a break, we'll talk with Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, about the hamstring uh, of Kyle Lowry. Because, again, Joel Embiid's out. What are the Sixers going to do? Oh, yeah, the all-star point guard hasn't played for the Heat. and hasn't mattered. Um, <laughs> what, what's a worse look? Not showing up on time for tip-off or 
celebrating like you've won a championship and jumping on light poles and jumping on cars outside of Madison Square Garden after one playoff win this decade. You keep changing the subject. What, 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 what's, a, what's, a better, what's a more pathetic fan base in that spot? What's, what's more you're pathetic? changing the narrative to fit your argument. What's Don't, more you're pathetic? Be- Not you're sh- better than that. Don't do that. Let's weigh in. What's more pathetic? What's more pathetic? Showing up late for tip or celebrating one playoff win this decade like you won a championship jumping off of cars outside of Madison Square Garden. What's the characterization of the South Florida sports fan that's most obnoxious? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. The increasingly annoyed, but she will she will regulate me at some point here. Keely Ferguson, W. WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Oh, it all, it all falls down. I'm telling you, all, it all From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Want to bring in our friend, Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, someone that actually has uh, worked on me previously. Orthopedic surgeon didn't uh, obviously have a procedure, but someone who has made sure I'm good to go uh, during foot problems in marathon season, and he joins us here on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, Dr. Ross, good to talk to you. Dr. Ross, who, by the way, does outstanding work with FAU student athletes as well. Uh, But I want to focus on hamstrings, and I know that you have a wild and a wide array of of different issues that you help young and older athletes with but I want to talk about hamstrings because of Kyle Lowry why is a hamstring injury so lingering and and such a pain why is Kyle Lowry missed so much time already well thanks for having me uh Ken I appreciate being on the show um but yeah hamstring injuries they're they're interesting um there are a wide range of injuries that can happen. The most common in younger athletes is usually an injury within the muscle belly itself, so somewhere in the middle of the thigh, and you'll often see someone that's sprinting, and all of a sudden they pull up from sprinting, and you see them grab the back of their thigh. That's usually a good signification that uh, that's what's going on. Um, I had a chance to look back at the video. I really didn't even see anything substantial on on the event he was kind of just hanging around underneath yeah. the basket and then he just kind of walked off the side to the to the side of the court but um they are um they take a while um the problem with them is you're waiting for this the muscle and the tendon to kind of heal itself fortunately they rarely need surgery in that location but they can sometimes take up to six to eight weeks hmm. to be a hundred percent I, I, I want to ask you just in terms of severity, I, I know that there are different graded sprains. Uh, are, when it comes to strains of the hamstring, are there different grades that, that you would try and classify one as if you saw it or you were trying to treat a patient? Yeah, usually the extent of the injury um, classifies it as being more mild, which is considered grade one, or more severe, which is grade three. Um you know, clinically on exam, we we rely on things like a lot of bruising in the back of the mm-hmm. thigh, which signifies that there's more bleeding going on, and that tends to be more of a severe injury. Um, some of the complete avulsions where it rips off of the bone, that's a severe injury that often needs surgery. But the vast majority of these um, in athletes tend to be more grade one, grade two. Here with Dr. James Ross, uh, Boca is is where he is based out of, and uh, we appreciate him jumping on here. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, orthopedic surgeon. Uh, if you have foot ankle pain, make sure it is Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, and we'll give you the information in a moment. But I, I want to ask you just about hamstrings and how often you see them in the work you do with FAU or with your other patients. How often is someone coming in with a hamstring problem? Uh, pretty frequently, actually. Specifically, talking about FAU, um, you know, usually every spring camp or every summer camp, there'll always be one or two patients that has a hamstring injury um, that they'll have to miss most of the entire camp for. You know, there was a specific running back that was with a FAU who was very successful and often had several or mm-hmm. had every spring. The first week of spring would always have a hamstring injury that would kind of limit him from the remainder of spring. 
But once he would get back into rehab, once he would focus on his hamstring strengthening exercises that often athletes kind of slack off on or tend to not be diligent about doing once they feel better, you know, once they jump back into that rehab, it's something that can really have good maintenance and return back to sport very predictably. Obviously, Kyle Lowry has uh, NBA doctors that are working with him right now, and it's a daily uh, a, a daily treatment that he's getting probably multiple times a day. And he had said uh, prior to uh, game five of that series against the Hawks that he was trying to play. He thought that he'd be able to bounce back, and here we are going to game three. We still haven't seen a Kyle Lowry. When it comes to treatment of a hamstring injury, what do you recommend for those who might be having problems with it? A strain, we'll put it. Yeah, so I mean, I think for, for most people, um, a good stretching exercise program, um, a strengthening exercise program where they, you work specifically on what's called eccentric strengthening, which is like the negative portion of a strengthening exercise is the one one thing that you can compare that to is like, for instance, a bench press. Everybody knows that when you're when you're laying down on a bench and you're lifting weights, the big thing we focus on is pushing the weight up. Mm-hmm. But it's actually the eccentric portion, which is when you bring the weight down to your body in a controlled manner, in a slow manner, that's eccentric strengthening because as you're doing it, you're elongating and making the muscle longer and uh, strengthening along that aspect. You know, the one thing that professional athletes and high-level athletes have access to and uh, much more regularly than some of the common uh, public, though, is other types of treatment options such as biologic injections. So one thing you always hear about professional athletes getting is PRP injections, which is like a plasma injections. That's super common for hamstring injuries to try to speed along the healing process. And actually, there's been some pretty good studies out of Pittsburgh uh, with the Steelers doctor, Jim Bradley, that have shown that one or two PRP injections can actually speed along hamstrings recovery um, in that athlete population. And his study was the NFL by about one or two weeks. So um, that's something that we often talk about our athletes, especially in, in crunch time situations like this, like the playoffs where we want to get them back quicker. I'm sure that that's probably something that's going on in the background. That is really good insight there, Dr. Ross. Really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. We'll do this again, but uh, it's about time we had some brains on this show, so I really appreciate it. Dr. James Ross, uh, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Doc. All right, Ken. Thanks for having me. Take care. Uh, All right. That is, again, Dr. Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, you need to see an expert in the field. Dr. Ross, he is unquestionably an expert. And like I said, he's worked on me, and he got me ready to go in 2019 when I was banged up bad before the Palm Beach Marathon. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. Just to give you, Keely, uh, uh, a look into the difference about how the Heat and the Sixers were constructed... You've got Joel Embiid and and Sixers fans. Obviously, this is a guy who is in the MVP conversation. Uh-huh. Like I get it. But Sixers fans, oh, if Joel Embiid was playing, we'd be up two games to none. Well, in a second, I'll give you reasons why that's probably actually not the case. Mm-hmm. But also, when you don't have any depth, like the Sixers clearly uh-huh. Uh-huh. don't have Embiid looms, this is no pun intended, way larger his absence it looms way larger than your starting point guard arguably mm-hmm. the most important position on the floor in the modern day nba because pat riley and company constructed a roster with incredible mm-hmm. depth mm-hmm. whereas philadelphia it's Harden and Embiid, and then maxi and after that it's Really not anything. Which is very important. And, and let me, before I say anything, let me preface my well, Sorry, Tobias Harris into his family. Let me, pre- <laughs> let me preface my statement with this is not pro uh, 76ers in, in any way. This is just, okay, I can see what people are saying. 
in that. I yeah. get now I get your point for sure because at the end of the day, we're talking about a series. Yeah. This is not like the Super Bowl where it's just one game and whoever's the best sure. that day wins. Yeah. And I'm not trying to downplay Embiid's injury. It's massively significant. Right. And so you have to see what people are saying, particularly when you look at game two when they were outscored so heavily in the paint and with second chance points. And that is huge. When you have a huge hole like that missing mm-hmm. from the middle, it just totally takes away your outside game. Yeah. And then they suck from the three-point line. So, I mean, so you You've got that, and that's and that's important. I I do understand your frustration with fans saying, "Oh, if he was here, they'd be up to nothing." Well, I don't think that's yeah. true. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's true. But it's definitely oh, it's it's significant. But at least one uh, potentially, not at least, but potentially. I also one, look one. though at if the Heat had a problem in the middle, or let's go. I guess you could go a problem with a big man or a problem with your best player. So Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Best player, okay? Who do they have behind him if he's injured, which he was in Game 5 against the Hawks? Mm-hmm. Here comes Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. Here comes Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. And so they immediately are able to pick up the production as far as in the middle goes. Mm-hmm. No Bam? Well, there's Deadman. P.J. Tucker can slide over and play a small five, an outstanding defender, who you obviously maybe want more on the ball, but he absolutely can bang around down low. You have depth there. Mm-hmm. What did the Sixers have behind Joel Embiid? DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan's <laughs> corpse, playing? actually. Yes, yes. It's, it's basically DeAndre Jordan has turned into Weekend at Bernie's. What they do, I'm not sure he's actually alive. They just... They, they, they drape his arms over the coaching staff's shoulders and then they sort of amble him onto the floor and he sort of, they prop him up against the, the, the base of the basket and then say, play defense. And then after six minutes, they sort of drag <laughs> him off the floor and put him on the bench. That's been the, the, the way that DeAndre Jordan has contributed in this series. And so the Sixers are in a bad way, not only because Embiid mm-hmm. is hurt, but because... There's no depth there in this whole the process uh-huh. that they've tried to get Sixers fans to buy into now for the better part of a decade. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything but focus on maybe their four best players, and they haven't done anything to instill any sort of depth that could help them in a best of seven long grinding playoff run. Right, and that's well, and that's what makes Pat Riley such a genius yeah. because yes. because he builds a team, and that, and those typically are the teams that are sustainable. But but you can't deny that when you take out a piece like that. Oh, yeah. That it's, it's kind of... With no safeguard. Right. It's kind of like even if you take out, if you have a really good number two, but you still have all the other pieces, you're going to have some down production, but you still got the other pieces mm-hmm. that, that, that make it work. If you take away, take away a really good number one, it's going to be hard because now your floor general has gone. You know what I mean? Right. It's got, you might still win, but it, it might be a little bit more chaos because you've taken away now your distributor. And here you've taken away your big man in the middle, which completely messes up your offense at that point. Because now, now it's like, okay, well, listen, to your point, this is Ken, not me. I'm just repeating what he said. <laughs> <laughs> you now roll out the corpse of DeAndre Jordan. It's like, uh-huh. okay, we ain't got to worry about you. Right. So as long as we defend the outside, we're golden. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, even though you can overcome deficits in the NBA, it's really hard once that momentum, particularly if you're not playing at home, once that momentum has shifted oh, yeah. to now the number one, I mean, to the number one team in the East. It's like, listen, and especially let's when just try it again in game three. The Heat bench is basically a starting five on a middle of the road Eastern Conference team, which can come in and absolutely, the, the Heat second unit could make the playoffs in the East. The Heat's mm-hmm. second unit could make... I'm not saying they'd be a top seed. What I'm saying, though, is they could finish five or six. They could avoid a play-in game mm-hmm. to get into the, the postseason. And there's been a lot of this, oh, game three and Bede's coming back. Game three and Bede's coming back. Listen to this last night from Chris Haynes, TNT, his report after the game about Joel Embiid and his potential availability in Game 3 and where he's at right now in this recovery from the orbital fracture and the concussion. Here's Chris Haynes, TNT. As the series shift to Philadelphia with Miami up 2-0, the million-dollar question is, will we see Joel Embiid in Game 3? I, I really don't know. I, I Honestly, uh, we we talked yesterday, we talked today. He looked good as far as talking, but there's no um, – he's got, he's got so many steps to go through. Uh, I don't think he's cleared any of them right now. So uh, we just have to wait and see. It's clear the Sixers will have to do a lot more to make this series compelling. As for Joel Embiid, 
I had a text conversation with him. He said yesterday was the first day he was able to use his phone. He said the sensitivity of the light was causing pain. Game three is Friday. It's still unknown if he'll be out there in uniform. Kind of doesn't sound like there's going to be Joella beating <laughs> game three, right? It's a lot of lights. It, a lot more lights in, yeah. in the arena like, than the if phone. If you can't look at your phone wow. clearly without pain, how are you stepping on the floor in Philadelphia? Well, and here's the thing, too. I don't know if you remember um, some years ago. This was probably ooh, 15 years or so ago when um, Joe Johnson was playing for the, the Suns and he broke his orbital yes, bone. Yes, yes. Yes. And he had to, and and what always happens? They always have to wear the Phantom of the Opera mask. Mm-hmm. And you can, and that thing is hot. I remember when LeBron you, had to do that. Yes, it's hot, and you got to you got to adjust yeah. to that. Your peripheral vision's gone. Yeah. So now, even if he is back, he's likely gonna have to wear that. I can't see him not wearing that thing. You break yeah. a bone in your face, you gotta wear that thing. Now, what's ironic is the last time the Sixers and he met in the postseason, he was wearing that mask because he had suffered that orbital fracture and needed surgery on it. So it doesn't need surgery this time around, but it's the concussion yeah. that is messing him up. And I don't, if Doc Rivers is saying he hasn't passed any of the tests yet, and last night when that was said, we're talking what, like, I don't know, 40 hours before tip-off on Friday, mm. and he can't look at his phone without pain? Wow. That probably doesn't bode particularly well. No. I mean, you almost have to get one of those, um, those, those like, like shield light shields for your eyes. I've never had one, but I, I hear that when people have migraines, it can be so debilitating for days. Oh, so yeah. I can't imagine what a concussion is going to be like if, to your point, if a mere 40 hours before you're like, I can't look at my phone. Right. Well, do you remember Antoine Carr used to play for the Jazz? Antoine Carr used to wear the uh, the like shades. Oh, the big shades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's or you know I, that that's what I immediately thought of Antoine Carr when I was like, wait, Joel Embiid can't look at his phone. Maybe he can play if he wears the Antoine Carr glasses. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm an idiot. Um, but uh, Jimmy yes, bu- but not on this. That's right, okay. right. I, I mean, a lot of ways I'm an idiot. <laughs> but Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler said, "Oh, I, I wish we could." And he's boys with Embiid. I wish we could play him. I want to battle against him. Mm-hmm. But I don't want Heat fans to get sucked into that. Oh, they're trying to diminish the Heat. They're trying to diminish the Heat. They're trying to diminish the Heat. Listen, Raptors fans do not remember and will not talk about Kevin Durant and the Achilles, Clay and the injury. They hoisted a trophy. They uh-huh. don't care. They mm-hmm. don't care. Okay. Right. Cavaliers fans aren't going to care about the Draymond Green suspension right. that got them into that series and got them in a position to to win that championship. Right. Lakers fans don't care that Goran Dragic barely played and Bam barely played with injuries in the finals in the bubble, right. okay? So do not let that consume you. Doc Rivers is at fault for what happened to Joel Embiid. He had him in, in a blowout late in a closeout game, kept him in, Siakam clocked in the eye. It's not Heat fans' fault. Is it just me, or do, don't crucify me? Is it just me, or does it feel like the Heat have to win at least the Eastern Conference Finals to make it legitimate? Because twenty twenty sure. was such a weird year. I, but I think the Heat would say that. Like yeah. I think the Heat. I, I think all right to to the idiots. Yes, because the Heat more than anybody. Forget the team that won the championship. They have LeBron, so they can do no wrong. The, the, I feel that way about them, too, to the, be honest with you. Well, based on what they've done <laughs> since the bubble, they have more of a case for being frauds than the Heat have been. At the very least, you can say the Heat, they went to the bubble, they made that run, and then there was such a quick turnaround. There was six weeks before the next season right. started. Mm-hmm. Both those squads are exhausted, right. but the Heat body of work post-bubble is so significantly better now than the Lakers' body of work right. post-bubble. But, yes, to the dopes, I mean, you're right, Keely. You're right. There is a, a large portion, I think, of NBA fandom, and for whatever reason, and I think it stems back to the big three that want to thumb their nose at Heat's success, the Heat need a long run, and they probably need to win the East to then have people come around and say, okay, well, maybe there was a base that was set. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler was legitimate. Eric Spolstra is legitimate. And what they did in the bubble actually was a real tangible thing. And it it, it is. I, I think just what I'm saying is it didn't, and maybe because we were all still living in a surreal uh, alternate universe, but it was, it was, it was not for lack of a better word, real, in the sense that 
you you went from the court to your to, hotel room. Yeah, no you travel. Your hotel room. Yeah. You didn't have to Jay travel. Jay Williams was making that you point Tuesday. Right. Here. You didn't you didn't ha- you didn't have to do right. anything that you would normally do that is a part mm-hmm. of winning a championship for all sports. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you got to deal with your family, you right. got to you know listen. Your baby was throwing up last night, but now you got to figure out. Hey, I got to move past that and yeah. do this thing. You know what I mean? You have to. You weren't isolated. I mean, it was called the bubble for a reason. Right. Right. And, and, and you, the Lakers didn't have to come into the buzzsaw that is FTX Arena. And again, uh, they might show up late, but it is uh, the Heat with the best home record in the Eastern Conference <laughs> and fourth best in the NBA, just saying. Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. I'm Ken Lavica, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Hey, let me tell you about the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. 22 years... They have been guiding the sports executives of tomorrow. Don't believe me? Well, all you have to do is visit the website, fau.edu slash sport, and they have a full list of the success stories that have come through the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, gone on to the NBA, the NFL, front offices, major networks, television networks, radio networks, collegiate athletics, D1, the whole gamut, local sports. Our man, George Lindley, who runs the Palm Beach County Sports Commission. That's right, NBA Sport Management from Florida Atlantic. Internationally ranked number 19 in the world, according to the lucrative sports magazine Sport Business. That is the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, and it is right in your own backyard. Take advantage. If you've ever wondered, and I know many of you have because you've asked me how to get into the sports industry, this is how to do it. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. We started the show by asking, because 76ers fans, all they have now now that their team is down two games to none, and it is clear the Heat have depth for days against this Sixers squad. All they have is to make fun of empty seats at tip-off because in Miami, because of the way the infrastructure of South Florida, the lack of public transportation, the overcrowding, it's impossible to get anywhere on time. I absolutely empathize with all of you folks. We live in this fishbowl, this crowded fishbowl on top of one another. We can't be expected to get anywhere on time. I am here for you, South You better Florida. quit it. <laughs> you better quit. You know You know what? I went to Disney on ice, and you know what? Them people was there on time. Now, granted, it wasn't in the heart of downtown Miami. It was in the Miami. Saturday afternoon. That ain't the point. <laughs> when you, listen, if they was giving out money, those people would be hey, there. The sawgrass is not 95. I'm just saying. It's not, but all I'm saying is the people were there on time. And I don't know if you know how expensive not the Disney on Ice tickets are. Oh, no, are, we looked at the same Disney on Ice and but we were the like, paraphernalia? Oh, oh, I know, I know. Mickey ears are like, what a racket. It's like 75 bucks. Those things better be uh, coated in gold. Bruh, I, I spent want $80 gold. on some bubble wands I for mean, my kids. That's insane. It is. D- I, I it mean, is. It I hope is. my husband's not listening because I didn't tell him how much I spent. Do something about it, DeSantis. Um, <laughs> so, we, we asked the, the question on Twitter, what's the most obnoxious characterization attached to South Florida sports fans? What's the most obnoxious characterization attached to South Florida sports fans? Anthony Fernandez tweets that we're fair weather fans. Sort of true, though. But, Anthony, this is what I will say. At one, it's a good job that you acknowledge that, but fair weather fans aren't bad. If the team is terrible and you don't want to spend money to go to their arena or their stadium and spend money at their 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 paraphernalia store and do all that stuff, watch from home. Watch from home. You don't have to go out there and spend your hard-earned money. Make them worth it to you. I grew up as a White Sox fan living by that mantra passed on by my father, good old Greg Lavica. And so for me, when the White Sox were good, I'm out there. I'm in the bleachers. I'll walk up and buy tickets. For the White Sox, generally in my lifetime, it's been easy to get tickets. It's great. <laughs> it's good. It's good. That's the good thing about being the second team in town that nobody cares about. But if they're bad, I'm not going to the south side to go watch that crap. No. So I get it. Down here, don't spend your money for things that suck. 
That's why we're free, and so, so is the podcast. So that, by definition, sir, is a fair weather fan. No, it's called being a good, smart consumer. Can we get a, can we get a definition on fair weather fan, please? I hear you. Listen, I hear you. I am frugal. It sometimes within reason. Cheaper frugal. I'm frugal. Okay. I'm not. I'm cheap. cheap. I'm cheap. I'm not cheap. I'm frugal, but. I can understand not buying tickets to a team that's not doing well. Yes, they should earn your money. But that is, by definition, a Fairweather mm-hmm. fan. And and the point I always make about here and L.A., those two big ones because I lived in those places, is just too much other stuff to spend your money on. You're like, listen, why? or if nothing else, I can go to the beach and it's free. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? It's yeah. too much other stuff. In the Northeast, though, particularly with basketball because it's a winter sport, what else she going to do on a Tuesday night? As someone who comes from Chicago, the answer to that is nothing. Uh, <laughs> Mike tweets that we all go to games on South Beach. Yeah, that's a, a TV networks. I, <laughs> we need to have a chat because uh, this happened on the ESPN2 broadcast of the mm-hmm. Panthers game one the other night. Uh, the Panthers are not from Miami. The Panthers are based in Broward. Okay, you can say Sunrise. Maybe even loosely you can credit them Fort Lauderdale. But the Panthers are not Miami's team. They haven't been Miami's team for a long time. Long time now, okay? Um, uh, As far as Dolphins games, the shots of South Beach, and we welcome you back to South Beach and all of those things, no, no, it takes takes a good 45 minutes with no traffic to get from Hard Rock Stadium to South Beach, okay? The Heat, not even the Heat, who are right across Biscayne Bay. The Heat, taking my talents to South Beach. No, he wasn't. No, LeBron wasn't. That's, that's, That's still not South Beach. South Beach is not Miami. South Beach is its own separate thing, okay? I, oh, Ken, you're making okay. my head hurt today, I swear. Okay. Just saying. Where, do, that happens with all teams. No. A ton of... Not B- Buffalo teams. gets Orchard Park. That happens with a lot of yeah, teams. And Cyrus, Cyrus, he, he, he'll, he knows it. He's watched plenty of NFL. You know it. Uh, it's always Orchard Park, Orchard Park. It's not Buffalo. Welcome to Buffalo. It's welcome to Orchard Park. Because people, but people, you have to say what people are familiar with. Okay, but nobody's, people nobody are, knows Orchard Park. I know Buffalo. It's cold and icy. <laughs> but people are, and maybe they like the way Orchard Park sounds, but people are familiar with Miami and or South Beach. So you cannot say the Florida Panthers are in Broward. People are like, where is that? It's It's kind of like, it's called Miami-Dade County, but initially it was Dade County. Like people from here know it's Dade County. I don't. But people, but other people know it's Miami Dade County. You see what I'm saying? I bet there are a lot of people that don't even realize Miami's in Florida. I hear a lot of East Rutherford, and not a lot of welcome back to New York City when it comes to the Jets and the Giants. But down here, welcome to South Beach. Oh, we're 45 minutes from South Beach. <laughs> She's Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Rand McNally. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.